Soir Eftov, good evening, bonsoir. The shiur of tonight is Leilui Nishmat in the memory of the Rishon Lezion, Rav Rashi Israel Rav Eliyahu Bakshi Doron. is the former chief rabbi of Israel, the Rishon Lezion. His name in Hebrew is Rabbi Eliyahu Ben Ben Zion Vetov Abaya. And yesterday night, during the night, he passed away, Allah Le'olamo. We had the zikhut, the merit, the honor to receive him in Monaco in a, at a few occasions. And it's a bracha for our country and our community. So today, right away, the first day after his passing, we'll make this learning, Le'ilu Nishmato. And... Uh, I was reminded to mention the memory of a rabbi that was uh, murdered a few years ago on this day in, uh, in Ukraine. His name is Arav uh, Menachem Mendel Mordechai Deitch, Chilbili Ilunishmato. And the Zechut of everyone that needs a merit, did Shi'ur, should be for this Zechut. Uh, so the subject that we set for tonight, it's a difficult title. We will try to face the, the title, to, to face the questions. It's the Corona and Mashiach. And we're going to explain, we're going to speak about it. We're going to speak about it open for the, from the sources of our Torah, what it's written. So I want to make you sure I didn't become a prophet. I'm not going to tell what will happen tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, but we will learn what the Torah is saying, and in the Torah there is answer to all the questions. So, to begin, as we are doing Chag Pesach, I would like to begin with a story. Uh, yeah, we can put like everyone on, Sorry. Yeah, like this, everyone is on mute. The story is like this. There is a student of the Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Israel Baal Shem Tov, that came to see him and said, Rabbi, I want to see Eliyahu Anavi. There is something that is called Gilu Eliyahu. Gilu Eliyahu means that you have a revelation and the prophet Elijah is coming to you. And this student wanted to see Eliyahu Anavi. So the Bar Shem Tov explained them that it's not the right thing. You know, there's a lot of things to do. The Torah is very large. You can do a lot of other things. And seeing Eliyahu, we can leave it for much higher, holiest people. But this student said, I want to see Eliyahu Navi. I want to have Gilu Eliyahu. So the Bar Shem Tov said, if you really insist, I have a solution for you. And you're going to see Eliyahu Navi. What do you have to do? Very soon it's coming the holiday of Pesach. Take a horse and buggy, a wagon to be more precise, full of food, wine, matzah, all different types of food, and travel to that and that village in a very far place. And in the end of this village, there is a little house. He gave them a description how to get there, how this house looks. You knock on the door, you get to some people, you'll stay by them for the first days of Pesach. 
you will see Eliyahu Hanavi. He was so happy. He filled up the carriage, a lot of food. He made this whole trip. He arrived for Pesach in this little shtetl, in this little village. He arrives there. He finds the house at the end of the, of, the, of, the, of the village. He knocks on the door. The woman opened the door, said, yes, what do you want? How did you get here? He said, look, can I spend with you the first days of Pesach? So she said, look, with pleasure, our house is open for you. But you should know that we don't have food. We don't have food. There is nothing to eat, boss. It was family with young children, very poor family. So he said, about the food, don't worry. I have the food that we need. I just want to stay by you for Pesach. Good, they agreed. Now he came in, he brings all this type of food, wine, matzah, vegetables, fish, meat, everything you can find. They were so happy. They ate, they had the seder of Pesach, and he was waiting, this student, wine, I'm going to see Eliyahu First seder passed, he didn't see Eliyahu Second seder passed, he didn't see Eliyahu And like this, the first two days of Yom Tov, the first two days of Pesach, that they are holidays, finished, and he didn't see Eliyahu so he goes back, this student, to his teacher, the Bar Shem Tov, and said, Rabbi, I did everything you told me. I didn't see Eliyahu Navi. So the Bar Shem Tov told him, look, you want to see Eliyahu Navi? Do that again. Do that again. Fill up with the, the, the horse and buggy, the carriage, the wagon, full with food. Go to that village. Now, before you knock on the door, just put you here at the door and listen what they are talking. Then you go in. Good. He did that. He filled up the carriage. He made the trip. He arrived to that village. But he didn't knock on the, on the door. He just put it here on the door. And he heard the conversation between the husband and the wife. Between the father and the mother. And the father is saying, I'm so sorry. It's coming now the last two days of holidays. Last two days of Pesach. Like it's going to be tomorrow night. We will enter Yom Tov. The last two days that are holidays of Pesach. We will enter these days. And I have nothing to bring. I was trying to find a little job, a little something to work. Nothing to do. No food for my wife and, and children for, for the last two days of Yom Tov. What am I going to do? So the wife said to her husband, don't worry. You remember how you were worried before the first days? And what happened? Eliyahu Wanavi came with a lot of food. I'm sure he will come also for the last days. <laughs> and the man knocked on the door and he understood that he is the Eliyahu Wanavi of that situation. And he understood the lesson that the Bar Shem Tov wanted to tell him. Sometimes you want to see Eliyahu Navi, sometimes you have to be yourself Eliyahu Navi, by doing good and helping people around you. So tonight when we are talking about the coming of Moshiach, we're going to speak mainly about what we can do in order to make this happen faster. So to begin this show, we'll begin with three questions. Question number one. Every house has foundations. In order to build a strong house, you need foundations. And if you have strong foundations, you will be able to have a proper house that will stand. In the Judaism, there is 613 commandments. Tariag mitzvot. But there is also foundations. The foundations of the Judaism. Maimonid, the Rambam, called them Yud Gimel Ikarei Emunah. Thirteen principles of faith. And it is the custom in many communities to sing this thirteen principle as a song of Yigdal Elokim Chai. 
When we sing this song, we are mentioning the 13 principles. What are they? To believe in God, that the Torah is true, that Moshe Rabbeinu is true, that the prophets are true, that the Kodesh Baruch will give rewards for the mitzvot and punishment for the Averot. And the last two, the number 12 is, Anima Amen, I believe in the coming of Mashiach. And the number 13 is the direction of death, Tchiyat Ametim. Now the question is like this, till we get to the last two, to the coming of Mashiach, we understand why the first 11 are fundament and principle of faith. Because if you don't believe in God, and you don't believe that the Torah is true, and that Moshe Rabbeinu is true, so you're missing the fundament in order to do the Judaism. This is the fundament. On this, the whole house is standing. It's standing on the full of the belief, of the total belief, that this is true, that God exists, that the Torah is true, that there was the Mount Sinai where Moshe gave us the Torah and everything that is written with the explanation that are true. This is the fundament. Without this, it's a nonsense of doing any mitzvah. So we understand why they are called foundations. When we come to the coming of Mashiach, apparently we can ask, why is this a foundation? Correct. It's written in the Torah, so it's true. That will come the day that it will be a world of peace, that the, it will be a resurrection of the death. But is this a foundation? On this is based the Judaism. Maybe it can be a Jew that is a proper Jew doing all the commandments of the Torah. He's praying every day, he's putting tefillin, he's doing Shabbat. And Mashiach, it's not so much his business. You know, he believes in God, he believes in the Torah. And what will be, will be whenever God will decide. And he didn't don't think about it. No, we say this is principle of faith. On this, everything relies. Why? Why is the coming of Mashiach a fundamental idea that on this depends the practice of our Judaism? Question one. Question two. It's not only the belief that is a fundament. It's a lot more than that. It's to wait for Mashiach. And I will now quote from the words of the Rambam of Maimonid in this book of Halakha called Yad HaChazaka, Mishneh Torah. And in the, it's, it's uh, 14 volumes. I have them right here in the, in the, in the back of me. And uh, in the last two chapters of this 14 volume, the Rambam talks about Mashiach. And it be begins from the laws of uh, Kings chapter 11. He, he begins by saying, Whoever don't believe in Mashiach, or he don't wait, he doesn't wait for Mashiach. Arukofer, he denies the entire Torah and Moshe Rabbeinu and all the prophets. Meaning, not only who doesn't believe, but even the one that believes but don't wait, he denies Moshe Rabbeinu and all the prophets. This is the words of Maimonides. And this is our second question. To believe, maybe to believe, but why to wait? Why is it so important to wait? At the point that we say that who doesn't wait, he denies everything. This is the number two. And our number question number three is the signs that will be before the coming of Mashiach. They are mentioned in our sources. We're going to spoke a part of it today. And can we say about the situation in which we find ourselves today as a sign for the coming of Mashiach, a coming on what is written in our books, in our sages, and we will say to that references about the current situation of uh, this uh, terrible virus in which we find ourselves and that has an impact on the life of everyone today. But before to answer these three questions, 
I want to take a few minutes and speak about Pesach. We are now Cholamoed Pesach in the days that are between the two Yom Tov. We had uh, the first uh, Yom Tov. We had the first Yom Tov on the with the two Sedarim. That was something so beautiful. And uh, we will have uh, again tomorrow night the last two days of Yom Tov. And it's known that the beginning of Pesach is connected with the, with the coming out, the redemption of Egypt. But the last days of Pesach, they are connected with the coming of Mashiach. This is why the Haftarah that we read on the last day of Pesach, that means this year on uh, Thursday, the Haftarah that we will read on Thursday, it's a Haftarah that talks about the prophecy of Yeshayahu, about the coming of Mashiach, when it will be peace in the world, Mashiach will come, and all the animals that will live together. This is the Haftarah of the Acharon Shel Pesach, the last days of Pesach. Why is the Haftarah about Mashiach? Because the last days of Pesach are connected with Mashiach. This is why it is a custom that was established by the Baal Shem Tov, that during the day number 8 of Pesach, meaning during Thursday, before the end of Pesach, we do a meal. This year it will be each one in his house, how the situation looks now. Hopefully we'll all be together, but meanwhile, each one by M will lose it without Mashiach, meaning on Thursday afternoon, everyone should gather with his family and have a meal, you know, a real meal, and a meal to pray, to hope, to wait for Mashiach. It is even a custom to drink four cups of wine during that meal. And in many communities, there is after the end of Pesach, the Mimuna. Mimuna comes also for the, from the word Emuna, Mimuna, Emuna, connected with our belief in Mashiach. This is also from the reason of that celebration of the Mimuna. Now, Pesach will be finished on Thursday night. I'm already giving like some information. 9.01 by, by night. That's the end of Pesach, Thursday night. Till then is Pesach. After 9.01, we're allowed to eat chametz. But whoever sold the chametz through a certificate or the paper that he gave to the, to the rabbi should wait an amount of time in order to sign it back with the guy. We said it's good to wait about an hour, about 10 o'clock, in order to, to take out the chametz that we have. So what we are saying is that the last days are connected with Mashiach. Now, during the first days of Pesach, I was learning a mitzvah, one of the 613 mitzvah, there is what's called the daily mitzvah. It's a way that we learn a mitzvah during each day in order to, to learn all the mitzvot during the year, a few mitzvot every day. During the first day of Pesach, I was learning about a mitzvah, about a scale, about uh, in balance. When you, you, I'll explain that mitzvah. It's very interesting and it's connected with coming out of Egypt and I want to speak about it a few minutes. What is the, the mitzvah of the... Of the this mitzvah of the, of the scale, it's a commandment that when someone used to go buy, even some places today, he goes to the grocery and he buys, a, I don't know, a kilo, two kilo, any amount. How do we know the weight? Very simple. The seller has a scale and he has a mishkal, a weight, a piece of weight that weights, let's say, one kilo. He puts it on one side. On the other side, he puts whatever the person wants to buy and he knows exactly the, the, the reference of the, of the weight. 
We have one kilo, we have two kilos. Now this piece that we put on the side of the scale, it's called in Hebrew a mishkal. Something to, to have the, the exact weight. And it was the mishkal with the reference. Now there is a commandment of the Torah that it's forbidden to have by you a false weight, a false mishkal. Why? Some people, they used to be ganavim, a teeth. It will, it will scratch this mishkal. It will be written on, t- on top of it one kilo, but in truth it's less. So what happened? When I sell, I'm making a, I'm, I'm stealing from the other one because the other one is paying the price for a kilo, but he didn't buy a kilo because this mishkal was less. The Torah tells you it's forbidden not only to use it, even to have it. This is one of the 613 commandments of the Torah. Now there is a very interesting sentence about that mitzvah that the Rambam said, Maimonid said, whoever doesn't believe in this mitzvah of the correct scale is considered like he denies the coming out of Egypt. And whoever is making the proper scale, it's like he will have the... Uh, it's like he believes the coming out of Egypt. So there is a connection between the scale, that means to be honest, when you sell something to have the proper weight, and believing the coming out of Egypt. And the commentators are asking, what has to do? Why whoever do that mitzvah to, to, to be honest and to have in his house, in his store, the proper weight, is like he believes in Yetziat Mitzrayim, and whoever doesn't have the correct weight, ses poids, ce qu'on mettait sur la balance, il avait des, des faux poids, celui qui possède des faux poids, donc qui trompe les autres, c'est comme si qu'il renie la sortie d'Egypte. Quel est le lien entre ce commandement d'avoir des faux poids et la sortie d'Egypte? What is the connection between the two things, having correct weight and believing in the coming out of Egypt? And here this beautiful and very deep explanation. It's very deep, but it's beautiful. And it gives us a very deep understanding in something that is... Um, Central. I, I want to use the word fundamental, but I want to, fundamental, but I want to be more precise because we said that there is 13 <laughs> a principle of faith fundamental, and this is not part of the 13, but it's something that is central, that is very important, and it's a base to, to many commandments, and I will explain it. What is the difference between any thief, any ganav, and the one that having the false uh, weight? Apparently, it's the same. If there is a commandment of the Torah that you're not allowed to steal, so that it's already included. Why we need a separate commandment that you're not allowed to have in your house weights that are false? It's stealing. Why is it separate between this and stealing? Quelle est la différence entre avoir des faux poids et voler? Il y a un commandement, il est interdit de voler, et un autre commandement dans la Torah qu'il est interdit d'avoir des faux poids. Why do we two? So the difference is like this. When you steal, you're doing one thing. You are stealing. The one that is going in secret in the house of his friend and is telling something, taking something in secret, going out, is doing one thing, is stealing. The one that is selling to his friend and putting a scale with a false weight is doing two things. On one hand, he's showing that he's honest, that he's making a weight. So he's giving an image of something that is good. On the other hand, is stealing. So this is different. This, 
He has inside of him what is called roa lev, a bad heart. Why? Because it's a bad midah, it's a bad character that he's having to show like he's being honest, like he's using a scale, but in truth he's stealing. Now it's forbidden not only to steal, it's forbidden to have in your house such a weight. Why? The commandment to have in your house, the, why is this forbidden? It's not because of stealing. Stealing is one commandment. This is forbidden to have this bad character in your heart. So it's talking about the heart. You should not be inside of you with this bad. This is what's so special in this mitzvah with the difference of stealing. Stealing is the action of stealing. It's stealing the other. The, the fact that you're doing wrong to the other. Having this false weight in your house is the bad that is inside of you before even using it. You're having bad inside of you because you're having this bad character of showing through, showing that you're being honest and in truth making a false weight. Now this idea is connected with the coming out of Egypt. Why? And I will go into something, a subject that is very philosophical and we can speak about it very long but I will be short about it. You know that Hashem told Avraham Avinu hundreds of years before the Jews came to Egypt. He told them that his descendant of Avraham, the Hebrews, the Jews, they will be in exile during an amount of time, 400 years, and they will be slave. And Avraham knew that his descendant will be slave. And that was a very plan of Hashem that was taught to Avraham. So it's written the question, why did God punish Paro and the Egypt, the ancient Egypt of that time, that they made the Jews our slave, as slave, if it was already planned by Hashem, and Hashem already told it to Abraham, so he told it that they will be slaves. So what do you want from the Egyptians in that time? They just did what was the plan of Hashem. So how come they were punished? And this question, it's not about only what happened then in the time of Egypt. It's a question that happened about everything in the world. If person A is doing something bad to person B, that means that God wanted that person B should receive this bad. So why did Hashem punish person A? And here comes a very deep explanation. It's right that it was the plan of God. But why did Paro did it? Why did Paro choose from his own will to make the Jews of slave? Not because it was the plan of God. Because he, in that time, he was bad. So he's punished for the bad. It's right that what happened, it was the plan of God. And if not, hey, maybe it will happen in another way to someone else. That's not. We're not punishing Paro because the Jews are slaves. We're punishing Paro because he chose to do it. And this idea is very deep in life. You know something? I'll tell you how it is deep. When God forbid I receive something bad from my friend, I'm not angry at my friend. I know that this is what Hashem wants to happen for me. The fact, because my friend doesn't decide what happened for me. Only Hashem decides what happened for me. He doesn't, or I, of my own will. My friend doesn't have any power of decision of what will happen with me. So if that happened to me, it means that it was God's will. So maybe the friend said, okay, it did only God's will. No, 
the friend, he didn't do it because it was God's will. He did it because he wanted to do bad. So this is how Hashem is looking at it. He's, he, he's being punished or, is, or it's wrong because it's bad, because it's bad. Not because of what happened. You see how it's, some, it's a very thin, um, f- philosophical idea. And what we are saying here, that the problem of the, of the paro in that time, it's not the result. It's not punished because of the result. It's punished because of his choice of doing bad. Even if that result was decided by Hashem and it will happen in any way, with, with him, without him, in this manner, in that manner. So the same idea that we are saying about Egypt, about Paro, that he was punished the ten plagues because of the bad of his heart, is the same idea that we have into the scale, into the weight. That the, why is it forbidden to have in your house such a weight? Because it's the bad of you, that you have inside of you. Stealing, it's another commandment. Now we're talking about this, the bad that is inside of you, the same as Paro was punished because the bad that's inside of him. And this idea is fundamental in the Torah. Because why a person will steal? Why a person will do bad? Because he has bad in his heart. Every, why a person will do good? Because he has good in his heart. Everything depends with what you have inside of you. So the Torah, the mitzvot, the commandment and the joy doesn't begin with what you are doing. It begins with what there is in your heart. Before everything. If you have in your house a weight that is wrong, it's showing on something wrong in you before you're going to even use it. It doesn't begin with the commandment. It begins with the beliefs. The beliefs are the fundament. This is the idea that I wanted to say here. And I will go even a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit more far and add something. It's written in the Midrash that after they came out of Egypt, the first war, the first enemy that came to attack Israel was Amalek. And it's written in the Midrash why did Amalek came? Al Avon Mishkalot. Because of the sin of false uh, weight. Because of this sin, Amalek came. And we ask what it has to do. Why this sin, especially the Midrash, pointed at the sin why Amalek came? This dishonesty that the people have? Because what is Amalek? Amalek, spiritually, is the one that wants to put us the doubt. Now, when he comes to put the doubt in the heart of a Jew, he doesn't tell him, do everything wrong. He said, do like the scale. Put the scale, but a little bit, take out. Do the mitzvot, but a little bit, do less. And he's trying to, to tell us every day to do a little bit less, to put the doubt. And by, by scratching this, uh, this, this, uh, this weight, en grattant ce poids, en essayant un peu de le diminuer chaque jour, il dit, pèse quand même, utilise la balance, mais un peu moins. This idea is the idea of Amalek, of the doubt. And this is the fundament of Judaism, that in your heart, it begins with good, it begins with truth. It begins with having in your house the correct amount. And now we're going back to our idea with the belief of Mashiach. The Torah and the mitzvot don't be- begin only with the actions, the commandments. It's right, this is important, this is what we need to do. But it begins with the belief. Now when there is the belief, there is two things. There is where we're coming from. This is the belief in God and the Mount Sinai. And where we're going to. Why are we doing that? And this is so important. You cannot ask from a soldier to do a proper war if he doesn't know what is the purpose of this war. He needs to know what is the goal in order to fight correctly. Even if that he is a simple soldier, he needs to know that it will come a point that they will win the enemy. So what is the enemy and what do we need to win? So this is a fundament in the Torah and Mitzvah to know what is the goal of our practice of Judaism and what is the goal of the existence of the world. And the answer is 
The answer is, the Gemara said, Lo yibre alma ela lemashiach. The world was created only for Mashiach. This is the purpose of creation. Why? Why? And I will go now directly to the deeper explanation. It's right that all the commandments of the Torah can be done only when Mashiach is here. This is the simple, uh, uh, concrete, halachic explanation. But the deeper explanation is that why did God create this world? Why are we here? Why does all this world exist? Why did it? God wasn't good before having a world. He needs us. Why are we a, a toys, a Playmobil, to, that he wants to see a lot of people on the earth that moves together? Why did he create us? So the Torah gives us an answer. And without the Torah, we don't know the answer. And the answer is because God wanted to have a house, meaning to be revealed in a place that's called the world. So he created the world and he decided to hide himself. And he put inside human beings. And beside, inside the human beings, he chose the Jewish people and gave them the Torah. And he asked them, when you will do this properly, you will bring me into my house. You will bring God into this world. And it will come a moment that we will see with our eyes that all the world that there is around us, it's only God. He's creating it. is the power behind every existence. Now this, is the, this revelation of Hashem on earth is the purpose of creation of the world. This is called the Mashiach. So this is why Mashiach is a fundament because this is the goal. This is where we're going to. This is why we live every day. This is why we wake up and this is why we do every mitzvah in order to bring Hashem into the world. Now it's being said in a lot of different matters. For example, there is a sentence that we say sometime before the tefillah or before doing a mitzvah called Leshem Yichud Kutshab in order to bring down Hashem to the world. It's according to the Kabbalah. We're saying before doing a mitzvah, or we mean it, or we say it once a day before Baruch Shema, the purpose is to bring down Hashem in the world. This is why we're doing it. And this is why it's a fundament. Now like this. And this is an idea that is known, but I want to say it shortly. If someone really believes that Mashiach will come, but doesn't wait for him, it means that he doesn't believe. Because if he will really believe that Mashiach will come, he will, wait. he will be waiting for him. You know, if you believe and you're sure that, you mo- that it will come a time that you will win the lottery, you're sure that you will win. Imagine that you are sure. So you are waiting because it's so good, so you want it. So if it will happen, you want it to happen now. Now, if you believe really that Mashiach will come, God will be revealed on the world, and it will be a world with only good, and automatically all the bad will go out. So you are happy about it. You want it, if you're so happy. You're waiting for it. This is not reason one to wait for Mashiach. Reason number two is that it's not enough to wait. You have to wait for Mashiach to come today. And here we come to the, to the point. You know, there is a, a, in the tefillah we said, at Samar David we asked from Hashem to bring Mashiach, because we are waiting for him. And it's written in the Sfarim, the Chida brings it down. Why Why because? We're asking for Mashiach because we wait. <laughs> we're not asking to him to come because we wait. We're asking him to come and we wait. So it explained that we are asking him to come because we wait. Because we are waiting, it's a reason for him to come. Meaning that through the fact that we are waiting for him, this himself is bringing Mashiach. What is bringing Mashiach? Our waiting for Mashiach. So waiting for Mashiach, it's making his truth into our life. And therefore we are waiting for him. And therefore he's coming because we are waiting for him. 
Now, because now we're coming to the point of what we will say. It's written in the end of Gemara Sota, and it's brought in the Gemara of Sanhedrin, and in many midrashim, the signs that will be before Mashiach. And in general, when we look in everything that it's written before Mashiach, we find two extremes. On one hand, we find very good things that will be before Mashiach, and we find also very negative things before Mashiach. It will be a world that will be very open to very good and to very bad. This is the world in which we are today. Today, a person has access to anything he wants in the world, like it never existed in through all the world. 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. The amount of thing of a person what was able to do or not to do was very limited. The amount of knowledge, the amount even of sin, or the amount of mitzvot, or the amount of good, the amount of bad. And the same nation, the amount, the power of what we can do was limited. Today, we have a very, very strong power. We can give it by state that have atomic power, that they can destroy the world with it, or use it for the good energy, or the access that each one has with internet to decide to do a lot of mitzvot or a lot of sins, or a lot of ways that we have today in the world is very open. So this is the time that it's written in our sage exactly to the period before Mashiach, that there is the possibility for the best good, but also the possibility, very easy, very easy to do the best good and the worst uh, bad. I want to uh, give you a quotation of a Midrash. Midrash Rabbah in Shira Shirim, chapter 2, part Yud Gimel, part 13. Midrash Rabbah, I have to explain, it's midrash, an explanation of the Torah that gives quotations of the time of the Mishnah and the Gemara, meaning quotations that have 2,000 or 1,500 years ago. They are the quotations from this type of rabbis. That means this level of rabbis and this time that they live in that time. The time of the Gemara, time of the Mishnah. Yeah, more than 1,500 years ago. The Midrash Rabbah was always written and it was later printed. It was printed the first time in the, in the 16th century in uh, Venezia, in Venice, Italy. And this is from the book that I will now say a sentence. I'm just saying it's a book that was written from quotations of 1500 years ago, then written in manuscript and printed already hundreds of, of years ago. Printed hundreds of years ago. And we have this print. And here is the quotation. It's a quotation about what will happen before the coming of Mashiach. And it's written there, It's a quotation from Shira Shirim saying that it, it had come to the fruit to grow and to the fights that were able to take the good fruits. And the Midrash said it's like the time of Mashiach, that it had come the time for Mashiach to come. But before that, some signs will happen. And here is a quotation, two lines from that Midrash. Amar Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, a sage that lived in Babylon, uh, as we said, 1500 years ago, he said, Samuch Limot HaMashiach, close to the time of Mashiach, Dever gadol bale olam. Translation, a big dever come to the world. What is dever? Translation, pandemic. This is a dever. A big dever come to the world. This, there is a midrash like this. Now, as we said in the beginning, so it's written in the midrash that before Mashiach, there is a big dever that comes to the world. As we said in the beginning, we are not here to profit what will happen tomorrow. We don't know. What we know, it's What is the plan of God is the plan of God. We need to do, we need to know what we can do. And here we're going back to the story that we begin with Eliyahu Anavi. 
Eliyahu Navi will come when Hashem will decide. And we hope that it will be very soon that Eliyahu Navi will come to announce the coming of Mashiach. But meanwhile, let's be ourselves Eliyahu Navi. Let ourselves be the one that are bringing Mashiach closer. How are we bringing Mashiach closer? By understanding today that all the world is Hashem. Hashem will be one. In that day, in the day of Mashiach, Hashem will be one. It will be revealed as, as Hashem is one. Today, our lives, till a few weeks ago, we were so busy with a lot of occupations. Now we have time to think and to put Hashem more into our lives. Today we can do that, each one. We have time to think, how can I bring Hashem closer to me? How can I be closer to God? And without any doubt that each one has answers for that. By doing better things, by learning more Torah, by thinking about the purpose of life. What can I do to bring Mashiach closer? Like this, I'm not only being passive and waiting and believing to him to come, but I'm being an actor, being the one that will bring his coming. And I, will, I want to conclude this shiur, uh, uh, this study, before we'll uh, in a few minutes open to the questions. I want to conclude by something concrete. And saying like this, you know, as we said, the last day of Pesach, it will be a Thursday, this coming Thursday. We'll have, we'll, the afternoon, do like this, take a cup of wine and say, Lechaim, that I wait for Mashiach, took a good decision, sing a song to be happy that Mashiach is coming. Show to Hashem, to God, speak to Him. Say Hashem, Hashem, so long this exile, we are waiting for Mashiach. Speak to Him, ask Him, show to Hashem, we shall show to Hashem that we, we, we believe, we wait and we do something for Him to come. This is what we'll do. And we begin by saying about the scale. So there is the famous uh, mashal example about the scale that a person should imagine in his head that there is a scale for the entire world of good and bad that are exactly equal. And by doing one good deed, even one good word or one good thought, I can make change and put the bad stronger and bring the geula, meaning the redemption, meaning Mashiach to the entire world. And this is in the hand of each one of us. We have the power. Each one has the power. By his own good deed, by his own person, to act, to think, to speak in a way to bring Mashiach. And I want to conclude with one sentence. That will be the sentence of conclusion for this class. And that sentence, it's a sentence that I have heard in the last days. And I have spoken to me in a very deep way. I hope it will also speak to you in a very deep way. Now, in the last few weeks, the world changed. It changed, it already changed. The world changed, it's not the same world. The question that each one has to ask to himself, did I change? Le monde, il a déjà changé. La question que chacun doit se poser, c'est est-ce que moi j'ai changé? Did I change? Did I took the time now to decide to change? With that, we'll conclude, hoping that the last days of Pesach will be with the coming of Mashiach, במהרה בימינו, אמן.